Hey, Tim, you know what day it is? I don't know. Tell me. I forget. Taco Tuesday! Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Hope you're having a great day so far. Uh, We have a lot of fun conversation coming up on this one. So, current events, I talk about Amazon is raising some eyebrows by making a shoe uh, that is a lot cheaper but very comparable to uh, a brand new uh, company's uh, model shoe called Allbird. Uh, And so they're kind of creating some new competition after they've helped them kind of launch the shoes on their platform as well. Um, then my RLE for the day, we talk about how to make difficult conversations just a little bit easier. It might, might seem a little counterintuitive at first, but we go through it and by the end of it, it just makes a lot of sense. Let someone else have the last word. So we'll get into it. Then I bring up in book talk, I go back to how to win friends and influence people because after my RLE discussion, it made sense. There was a section in How to Win Friends called You Can't Win an Argument. Those are lose-lose situations. So we tied those two together, thought it was a good day to bring um, some, uh, some of that back. Uh, Dale Carnegie, always helping drop that knowledge bomb. Tim, what do you take us today? Yes, we all know Blockbuster messed up uh, by not moving with the times. Idiots! Yeah, so I talk about the meeting where Blockbuster declined to buy Netflix in September of the year 2000. So get into that story. It's a little bit of a storytelling, but it's very but interesting it's a good one. Um, how that meeting went down, how that whole interaction down, and just the aftermath of it. So I'll talk about that. Um, and then we talk about a local Indiana entrepreneur here in Indianapolis, Carmel to be exact, uh, who is using headset technology to treat anxiety and depression. So a new invention that this guy um, has created uh, for, for his own business called Innovative Neurological Devices, a business he put his own money into. He's getting behind a product that is going to change the way we treat anxiety through electrotherapy. So I think it'll be uh, a very promising invention. We talk about that, the moves he's making, and you definitely won't want to miss that. I loved that. I'm so glad you brought that up. That was awesome. Yeah, so that'll, that'll be a good conversation there. And then I talk about a new uh, morning root- morning exercise that I'm building into my morning routine. Uh, thanks to a conversation we had with Kellen Malad last week about uh, natural movement. So I'm going to give you what I do in the morning to wake me up um, with not doing too much physical exercise, but I, I'll share more then. Uh, and then I end the show talking about a book called Soul Fuel by Bear Grylls, uh, who is a British former SAS serviceman, survival instructor, honorary lieutenant colonel, um, talks about the fear or the concept of fear and taking risks. So uh, we'll get into that and how we can kind of incorporate that into our daily lives to uh, improve our outcomes. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, episode 87. How's the weekend? It was amazing. Yeah, it was good. Good. uh, On Friday, we played some pool. What Mm -hmm. else is new? Yeah, yeah. I feel like we play pool at least once a week. Definitely. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I love playing pool. I see it as competitive nature. Practice, yeah. practice your geometry skills. Yeah. It's the only time I'm good at geometry. Yeah. Freshman year of high school, I sucked ass at it. Was not good. When I was sitting in class, all I was thinking about was, hey, how can I apply this on the billiards table? Because <laughs> I'd, always, I'd always play. Is that what you're thinking? Because I'd always, I'd always go to the YMCA. My mom would take us there. And uh, they had like a, a rec room 
and me and my friend Matt, we would play one on one all the time. Back back okay. qu- back quarters on the game. So I had a stake. So were, I had I had a stake in that class, man. I was always like, <laughs> I'm about to play later today. Let's so see what you we were do. playing when you were younger. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, that's how I was too. I remember in grade school, I'd go to my one buddy's place, and we would throw on like, I guess now older tunes like Goo Goo Dolls and stuff, mm-hmm. and we would just shoot pool. Yeah, like we'd even have. Uh, he had the uh, like real thin. Like half half glove mm-hmm. that would help you slide because we didn't just chalk up all the yeah. damn time, so it would help it just glide. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, it was fun to just do that. And now it's like, man, getting mm-hmm. back to the original like just small pastimes of like playing pool and and hanging, having a few drinks, sometimes more than a few. Hey, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On Friday, I remember there was a guy that walked in around like. 12, 1230. Late. He, he looked at like 70, 75 years old. Dressed up. And I told Na, I was like, there's no way he's in here right now because he's not good at pool. He's yeah. in here for one reason and one reason only. Right. <laughs> so yeah, he just came out. And... Well, the one dude, remember the one guy brought his own stick in? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, I guess you're not going to any other bars. Yeah. Well, Ch- Chase, uh, you know Chase, yeah, whenever yeah. we would go play at the corner pocket in Fort Wayne, he would always bring his own. Oh really? Yeah, in the in the case, and I, I was like, I didn't know he was that serious. Oh about yeah, it. yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have the and because he's a pretty funny, good pool player too. Yeah, cause, yeah, and whenever he would break, he would use one of the ones there because he didn't want to ruin his own after hitting it so hard. Oh, good hard. grief! <laughs> Chase, you're so methodical. I love you, man. Miss you. I just gotta say, if he snaps the stick on the break, I think he needs a different stick. Yeah. Are you really <laughs> manufacturing the stick right if it does that? Or just back off the weights, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out, man. Yeah. But uh, not Friday. It was fun. Yeah, just three of us. You, me, and Nah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, good morning, Mama's on Sunday. Woo! Now that's a spot. Yep. Ted took care of us today. Ted Ted hooks it up. Those breakfast tacos. Mm-hmm. Someone made a, made a comment once that I love Mexican-style breakfast. I go, what are you talking about? And it was always like, there's a chorizo something added or mm-hmm. breakfast tacos. If there's breakfast tacos on the menu, there's a high percentage chance that's what I'm going to get. <laughs> Whether I've tried them before or not. If I haven't tried them and there's breakfast tacos, likely it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I can't get away from it. Well, if you can have, I mean, we're so used to having tacos for lunch and dinner. If we can have them in the morning, that's just a bonus. Yeah. I don't need any other food groups. Yeah. I have tacos three to, three times a day. Yeah. Well-balanced meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, good morning, mamas. Would love to get a partnership with them. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, OTD. Hey. 10% off. 10% for- off. We'll send, we'll send you over. <laughs> if you go before 9 o'clock, there's going to be no one there. So yeah, you got right. to use it before 9. Man, uh, been reading about Antonio Brown mm-hmm. lately, and I don't know... If he's like for sure, for sure done, but it seems like he's done playing in the NFL per announcements. So he claims. He, he's, yeah, quote, done with playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I just feel like he should just stop the Twitter. Like stop yeah. stop being Donald Trump about it and just shut up. Yeah. Well, where where are his his friends, his managers, his 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 folks? Right. Telling him like, hey, like, it yeah. might not be a good idea to go after people because he's. 
He's had quite an emotional morning, and that's why, deep down, I don't think he's actually done with football. I think he's just tweeting out of pure emotion right now. Um, but, yeah, he's going after Shannon Sharp, the TV personality mm-hmm. who called him out, pulling up some stuff from like 10 to 15 years ago about sexual assault allegations yeah, he, against him. Yeah, when he was accused. Calling out Robert Kraft for his his uh, salon parlor activities. Man, just digging up all the dirt. Yeah. But well, it's like... Who's who's gonna even think about having a player like that on their team anymore? Yeah, like that's the stinky thing. It's like, dude, if this was all just nothing and just dumb shit, you don't have any reason to open your mouth. Mm-hmm. Let your lawyer take care of it. Get back to playing football. Yeah, but now you're just blowing it up in this whole thing. No team's gonna want you. Yeah, no team's gonna want. It. It's like Kaepernick. No team wants to deal with it. Yeah. Well, there's and it's yeah. like playing football is a privilege. It's not a right. Like, and if a team doesn't want you because you're doing some dumb shit off the field too, that's their private right to enact on that. I think. Yeah. Like it's a private organization. So it's a bummer to just see like such a good talent mm-hmm. and just done too early in a lot of minds. I think. Yeah, I think he'll be back. There will be a team desperate enough to sign him. There's 30 teams in the NFL. There's a team desperate enough to sign him. Yeah. Kaepernick's a whole different issue. This is more of like... Go down to the Dolphins. They could use a little help. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're trading away all their young talent. But Tom Brady got a good selfie with AB for those 11 days while he was with the Patriots. He caught a a touchdown with the team. Did catch a tutty. Oh, man. Not funny, but kind of. Yeah. All right, man, what you got going on in the world today? Yeah, so do you ever wonder what, yeah. do you ever wonder what life would be like if uh, Blockbuster acquired Netflix in September of the year 2000? It could have happened. I remember when they could have, and I just remember that being a huge bummer of like a Blockbuster. Wow, you done fucked up, AA Ron. Yeah. You really screwed the pooch. Yeah, one of the one of the business world entertainment world's biggest blunders of of 2000 the, the the decade so yeah imagine being known for that yeah so the netflix co-founder mark randolph wrote a book called that will never work and he explains his meeting uh with blockbuster in the city of dallas in september 2000 so now is that book like kind of a jab of like someone probably yeah yeah because I I mean people definitely want to want to know what happened but I yeah. I have I have some details here that I want to share today Ooh. so uh what happened was the three co-founders of Netflix uh, Mark Randolph uh, Reed Hastings and Barry McCarthy they uh, they had been trying for months to get a meeting with Blockbuster because they were uh, this was during a time where the idea of DVD by mail rental service was possible because of slower download speeds, but Netflix was in trouble because they were on track to lose fifty million that year, and they were they were going deep in debt. Uh, they were in huge trouble uh, with the dot com crash that had happened slightly before mm-hmm. that, so their future wasn't looking very bright. So the three co-founders they were actually in uh, California at the time um, in a their first actually cor- corporate retreat, Netflix's first corporate retreat. And they get a, a message from Blockbuster that says they want to meet with them. 
So block, like I said, they've been trying to get a meeting with Blockbuster for months. And so finally, after all that time, they finally reach out to them and say, hey, be at our corporate headquarters in Dallas tomorrow morning at 1130. Wow. So first I want to say like, you don't get back with them for, for just months. Just a call just like that. And then you just tell them, hey, be here, which is like less, less than 12 hours. Um, and I do want to say two years earlier before this, 1998, Amazon actually tried to acquire uh, Netflix, but they, the Netflix declined that. So I just want to say that. Do you know why they said no to Amazon? I don't know why they said that's just a small detail. So they they huh. they must have thought that they could have done it on their own. They didn't see synergies between the two. Um, so yeah, they're on their flight to Dallas. And at the time, uh, the Blockbuster CEO was, his name was John Antioca. And he had taken over Blockbuster two years prior to this uh, when the company was actually doing really bad. Okay. So uh, some poor business decisions uh, Blockbuster was bad. John Antioco took over and he turned the com- company completely around. So he, they had a successful IPO at the time that raised $465 million, which was a lot during that time. Yeah. I mean, now we got billions of IPOs. So Blockbuster's sitting pretty. They have a good CEO that's on the top. He's feeling good about himself. Um, and in the book, uh, the Netflix co-founder, he said that when they walked into the corporate headquarters in Dallas, uh, John Antioco, the, the CEO of Blockbuster, he was wearing shoes that that cost more than this car, that, that cost more than a Lamborghini. What? So just just picture these dudes from Netflix walking in. They're 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 heavy in debt. They're desperate. They're trying to get business. Walking into Blockbuster, the crazy. beautiful corporate headquarters, everything. Shoes more than a Lamborghini. That's just stupid. Yeah, crazy. That's what I mean. That's what he that's said. That's just dumb. Uh, so in the meeting, uh, Hastings, the co-founder for Netflix, was running over Blockbuster's strengths and saying, hey, hey, you, you can benefit from us. We can run the online part of the combined business, and you guys can keep focusing on your stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can find synergies that come from this combination. And I would agree, this it, w- it would have worked out well. Um, and the CEO of Blockbuster, he's like, the dot-com hysteria, it's completely overbo- overblown. And he's like, business models like yours, they, they're just not sustainable for profit right now. That's what he said. And then finally, the CEO of Blockbuster, John Antioco, he's like, so how, how much do you want for your business? And uh, Hastings replied, he said, $50 million. It requires for $50 million. Yeah. And the other, uh, McCarthy, or one of the other executives for Netflix, says the whole time during this meeting, he was watching the body language of, of John Antioco, the CEO of Blockbuster. He said that when they asked for fifty million, he was literally la- like he was laughing, not like out loud, but like he was like holding back laughter, like like just kind of having that grin of like that smug, yeah, just look. So yeah, so he laughed at that offer. The rest of the meeting did not go well, and it was a long plane ride back home. And Jeez. you know that the rest is history. Blockbuster right. filed for bankruptcy in two thousand ten. Uh, the last uh, blockbuster store, corporate blockbuster store, closed in twenty fourteen. There's actually one Blockbuster store left in the United States. It's in Oregon. Wow. So, yeah. So lessons learned. Don't be arrogant. And even if someone sitting across from you is saying something completely absurd, you should pause for a moment and think about it for a little bit and consider it. Um, and lesson learned. People, people want to buy DVDs in their underwear laying in their bed and rent movies that way. They don't want to get dressed and go to the store. Because right. what's sad is Blockbuster – their counter as to why they would work and not Netflix is people love to go to the store and see their neighbor when they're purchasing a movie. No one wants to do that. Find me anyone who still talks to their neighbors right now. (laughs) Yeah. I I barely know anybody in my neighbors in my complex here. 
Yeah, I don't and there's how many hundreds of people around you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. That's just crazy how, what would history look like if they would have acquired him then? Yeah, I would write a book titled That Will Never Work As Well. Yeah. Just two middle fingers up. Like, hey, here we are. Yeah. And you have one store left. Yeah. That's that's just crazy that and you know, I'm I'm sure a lot of people missed missed the boat, but poor forecasting on tech and the way the industry was gonna move. Mm-hmm. Cause he had to know it wasn't gonna stay the same, right? Yeah. Like did he really think that we were gonna keep stores forever like that? Like going to pick out movies, looking at movies on a shelf? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, when I was a little kid, that was that was kind of fun going with my parents and stuff and seeing all the different Batmans right in a row or all the different mm-hmm. Indiana Jones or whatever it is. Like, that was fun, but eventually it's going to change. Yeah. And I think... You're not going to look at porn in the back room anymore. <laughs> well, I, I think it was just a common... He, he was on his high horse from his recent success with the company in the last mm-hmm. couple of years wasn't really open to new ideas. They just had a successful IPO. So they're, they're probably like, Oh, we're, I mean, we're fine how we are. Thought he was the man. Yeah. And didn't need to learn anything, man. Like think if they would, would have held off on the IPO partnered with, with Netflix and then how much, IP, how much, then that, how much bigger that IPO could have been. Or the fact that, Hey, you IPO would for almost 500 mil and they asked for 50 and, it's pretty viable that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could have used that to do that. So, Man. Missed it, John. Mm-hmm. That'd be in, that would be an interesting conversation with John Antioco now. Mm-hmm. Hey, what was it like in the room, and what's it like now? Right. Just to hear the mindset of behind the decision-making. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. But that's that's gonna happen. Gary V talks about missing his investing rounds with Uber. Yep. The first few rounds with Uber talks about those. Yep. That's part of experience, man. Yeah. The, the opportunities you miss, what you learn from them. I mean, I'm I'm sure Antiogo hasn't missed another really good uh investment like that. Right. So maybe he well, I would hope that. not. He just could be no He's just gonna be known as the guy that passed up on Netflix. <laughs> Wait, who are you? Uh, the guy that didn't buy Netflix from Oh Blockbuster. I bet yeah. I, I bet he I bet he owns it. I bet he I mean just like Gary Vee owns it. He should I bet he owns it. Yeah, he's probably got a lot invested. Yeah. I'm sure. No, I mean he owns the mistake out loud. He probably tells oh, the story to yeah, a lot probably. of people. Yeah. And he probably bought in some Netflix too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Majority stakeholder. It's interesting that Amazon tried first. I, yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the details of why they passed up on Amazon, but yeah. Hmm. Maybe they didn't. It was know nineteen. If, it was nineteen ninety eight too. This was. Maybe they didn't know if Amazon was going to be big. Right. The, ooh, the tables have turned. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> uh, speak of Amazon. Uh, so you've heard of these Allbirds shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. They call them like the the wool runners or something like that, mm-hmm. and I, I I've not tried them on. I know they're getting pretty popular, but Amazon created a shoe just like it. But so these Allbirds, I guess, are like ninety five bucks, hundred bucks, and the ones Amazon created are thirty five to forty five dollars. 
Mm. So now they're making their own shoe, and according to the reviews and things, it is just like the Allbirds shoe. Now, I'm wondering a couple things. What's the quality like? Does it feel close to the same, and it's going to just shit the bed in a a few months? Mm -hmm. Or is it still somehow really good quality stuff, and they're just knocking the price down? But are they going to do this with any and all other products? Just kind of cut the legs from these other businesses and just try to take over everything. I mean, it looks like it. I mean, the quality is definitely going to be sacrificed. If it, if it Got costs, to, if right? If it costs that much less. Got to. So then my other thought is, will it really matter? If they start doing this with other things and knock the price down, are people going to have that perceived uh, value as well that, hey, it's cheaper, but it's cheaper? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the product, too, because, like, this is a product for your foot, man. Like, you need you need your, your feet to be comfortable. Yeah. And, if you're really that much of a snob about shoes, I think, I think the people who who would buy Allbirds would would look at Amazon and be like, ah, those are just the type of buyer you're looking at. But you get you bring in a whole new different type of buyer by offering the shoe. Like, I think it's going to be less of taking away customers from Allbirds, but gaining like new customers that are looking for a good deal but a, a comfortable price. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. People that maybe haven't had the Allbirds yet. Right. And start with these. Yeah. So. And there is there is another shoe that's kind of like this that's been on the market called uh, Urban Fox. Makes a, a shoe Urban just Fox. like this that are, that okay. are $30. But people say that those ones aren't anywhere near like Allbirds. So. Like in terms of quality. Right. I've never heard of Urban Fox. Yeah. I mean... That's what came... Yeah, it's not a very high brand, but when you huh. search the Amazon one, that one comes up too. Urban so. Fox. Urban Fox, base. Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, it'll compete, but I don't, I don't think it'll put Allbirds out of business. I think... How long has Allbirds been around? I don't know, but I know they're newer. Yeah. Newer. I don't know how long they've actually been in business compared to how long they've just been noticed more frequently. Mm-hmm. So, but I thought it was interesting because Amazon just trying to take over everything. Everything. But again, I think between brand loyalty and quality, people, to your point, will still, you know, if you're an Allbirds shoe wearer and you like it, odds of you switching to something half to a third of the price, unlikely. Mm -hmm. Unlikely. It's like... I don't know if you bought a Ferrari, and then you go buy a Toyota Camry. Yeah, you're not gonna do it. Yeah, it's just an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Allbirds became Allbirds partly because of Amazon, because Amazon gives them the platform to sell, and then Amazon's like, "Hey, it's time for us to." Step we can in. do it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good business move. I mean. Yeah. Get that bread. Get it bread. But yeah, quality I would think has to be noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what else you got? Yeah, so I want to talk about um, a local Indianapolis entrepreneur who is changing uh, the way we treat anxiety and depression. Mm. Uh, so, a Carmel entrepreneur, his name is uh, Bart 
Waklawik. I'm just going to call him Bart. He's from Poland, so okay. I have a Polish name. Uh, he's the founder and owner of Innovative Neurological Devices. And he is integrated electrotherapy technology into a headset that looks like those commonly used heads or headphones that people enjoy music or cancel noise. So like the big over the head ones, like yeah. big beats or something like that. Yeah. So okay. like electrotherapy, just for those, like it, I mean, for people who have anxiety and depression, like it's, it's a, it's a medical treatment through like, it's the use of electrical currents passing through the body to stimulate nerves and muscles. So it helps with, it's like a, it's like a medical treatment for people that have anxiety huh. and depression. So is there like music with it too? Or? No. So typically like people put like electrodes like on their ears. Yeah. It looks very like cybery, like techie, like a- alien look like. Sure, yeah. And it's, it's people usually do them like in the comfort of their own home because a lot of people don't like to do them in public because just looks different. Yeah, like people at school, like people are just afraid to get made fun of. Yeah. So this guy has taken that concept. God, and people it, are so mean. Yeah, pe- people. He's taken it, this concept and putting putting it into headphones, so people can can do the can treat themselves through this electrotherapy whenever oh, they want, wherever they want. Got it. So it's kind of a more like cooler looking way. So he just uh, looks like you're listening to some jams. Yeah. So this like it, and it's a device that he he's patented. And it's, it was a device that's manufactured in Singapore won an award earlier this year for innovation and it's the technology is called cranial electrotherapy stimulation so it sends like micro pulses of electric current across your brain in between the headsets ear pads so like for someone like look just like passing by it just looks like you're listening to music yeah um and it like the goal of it he said is to treat people with anxiety when and where it happens not in the comfort of a patient's home uh, so like it's, and it's also designed to be controlled by a smartphone app. So like you can, you can make tr- treatments and, and gather data and the data in the app is sent to the doctor. So like, not only can you do that, it's like, it's Whoa. like a smarter, like cooler looking way of doing this. And it's like more efficient cause the, cause the doctor can be clued in on it. And just like direct results. Yeah. Like whereas the other one, like it looks funny. You only do it in the comfort of your home and you don't have like that, that communication with your doctor like you would with this one. Um, and yeah, like young people were resistant to using the other ones because they were embarrassed at school. And yeah. apparently like he's claimed he's winning over doctors and medical providers with this invention. And Bart is closing in on a deal uh, with a treatment center in Ohio that could significantly boost revenue for the company. Um, so this guy like Bart, he, uh, he was a, an immigrant from Poland and he went to as a high school exchange student. So that's okay. how he initially came over here, uh, earned a scholarship to study physics at Wabash College. Um, I think he got a master's in engineering at Purdue, got a master's at uh, Notre Dame. So smart guy. Yeah, no shit. Um, And he's looking to go global with this product, but apparently he said it's tough to do that on a global market just because federal regulation too. So it's just sold in the United States right now, and it can be purchased for $695 with a doctor's prescription. So this guy invested... They said like five figures into his own business, this yeah. this business that he owns, um, and he says the monthly cash flow is strong. And he claims that eighteen uh, percent of the U.S. population suffers from some sort of anxiety or depression. So there's a recorded, size- yeah. So there, so there's a there's a sizable market for this. So yeah, I just think it's a really cool the fact that it's a local Indianapolis entrepreneur too. I want to try to talk to this cat. Yeah, because we. Uh, this is awesome. I think what's his name. Scott Jones, 
Jones, something Jones. There's another entrepreneur from India who invented voice. Who? <laughs> he invented voicemail. So we got some cool entrepreneurs Scott here. Scott Jones. Scott Jones. Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, Bart just killing the game with this. I, 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 I don't like know this a lot. I don't. I, I didn't. Ca- it didn't say the na- like give a name of the product, but it's it's a it's a headset like. I mean, it looks like a pair of Beats, yeah. pretty much, and it and it does this. This so. is freaking awesome, man. Yeah, I like this a lot, and. What instantly came to mind? Think about you doing okay in that chair. Yeah, <laughs> good. Got to fix the caboose. Uh, think about people that get uh, stress or anxiety when they fly. Oh yeah, how awesome this is because everyone in the airport has headphones and headsets, Bluetooth, whatever. Mm-hmm. And to you, if inside you're like, I hate to fly, but I have to fly. I hate this. I hate this. You just put those on. Yep. You start a treatment while you're still sitting at the gate. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. let's cool it down. Just everyone here is doing what I'm doing. We're all flying. Just listen to some music. Yeah. And but that can just help. Like, okay, people think I'm just jamming out, but I'm getting some treatment in. Mm-hmm. My doctor might know I'm a little little stressed out right now, but I'm flying. And I think this is this is fantastic. Yeah. Just Ex- absolutely. Uh, groundbreaking and and the fact he's trying to go global i i believe that there's a lot of just hoops to jump through mm-hmm. and usually europe is better about regulating things than the u.s in terms of safety to yeah. consumers but it seems this is something completely different like this isn't mm-hmm. a drug yeah so i think that he's going to get global mm-hmm. for sure because europe and uh, a lot of countries like Ukraine, things like that, have different machines of um, frequency testing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've been tested on a, a machine that tests through frequency. And so you have direct contact with it and it can test frequencies throughout the body and can detect issues and things. And this sounds similar with a type of frequency to help calm those parts of your brain and nervous system down. Yeah. And... Yeah, so, I mean, we have so many drugs in America that Europe does not approve. Mm-hmm. But, again, I think this is way, way different. And, I, dude, this is awesome. I would like to try it. Yeah. Just to see what it's like, uh, it, what it feels like if you notice uh, external like feels like that or, or what it kind of does. But, yeah, I'd love to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, can, can we test one out? <laughs> yeah. Probably a little busy right now, but we should definitely put ourselves on. A little radar. bit, yeah, yeah. We should definitely reach out to him. But that's super cool that he's local too. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen percent suffering from anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the people that tell you they have it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, look up his company, Innovative Neurological Devices. It's his company. So that's cool. Maybe check check him out. Check what he's all about. Man, good job, Bart. Look this, yeah, good on you, man. That's sweet. Good, uh, good topics today. Yeah, man. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I was, I was going on a deep dive last night. Yeah. Let's keep throwing gasoline on the fire. What's right. your RLE for today? Yeah. So for my RLE. Last, yeah, you know me. Last Friday, we released an episode with Kellen Malad, who was, who talked about natural movement. Cool cat, man. Uh, introducing balance into your life. Like we talk about, uh, I mean. The people out there that go to the gym to get big, go in there, throw some weight around, yeah. get buff. That's the hard, good. Hard clang and bang all the time. That's good. But he was he was 
talking about just adding depth to your workout by putting in more natural movement. Cause it's one thing to be strong, mm-hmm. uh, but it's another thing to be able to just move properly. Um, being able to pick up your grandkids when you're 40 years older than what you are now, being able to walk straight, being able to, to be balanced in a way that keeps you on the right track. And you know, I mean, you could talk for hours about that stuff, mm-hmm. but he was, uh, and we asked him like, what are some ways you can introduce balance into your life and like practice balance? And he was giving us some ideas about working on balancing, getting boards to walk on. Um, Tim so always I, trying to up that basketball game. That's right. You know exactly why you were asking about balance. So yeah. I was like, so Oops, I was boy. so I was getting a little creative and trying to think of ways. How can I incorporate small things like this in my life? And I've added a new thing to my morning routine thanks to Kellen. So. Ooh. A new atomic habit, perhaps? <laughs> atomic habit, yes. So what, what? talk about like waking up in the morning, getting your vitamin C, drinking water, introducing sunlight into your, into your morning to wake you up. But one thing I've been doing is uh, doing an exercise with a basketball, of course, where my, the ceilings are higher in my room. You can do this like outside. You can do it in your garage or living room, somewhere where there's a higher ceiling. And I've been standing on one leg and like throwing a basketball with my left hand over the top to my right hand, like throwing it up in the air, Mm -hmm. like to the point where it's not like a little toss, but like actually throwing the ball up into the air and catching it with my other right hand while standing on one foot. Okay. So you can do this with anything, honestly, like standing on one foot and and introducing some type of coordination. But I've been doing this 10 reps on each side right when I wake up. And it forces me to try to balance on that right or left foot. Mm-hmm. And I found that like I'm concentrating so hard when I do this. Yeah. That it like wakes me up mentally too. Like, oh, yeah. I, like if you can force yourself up to just do this for a little bit right when you wake up, you're not going to want to go back to bed. Right. Any type of coordination that you can do. So I've been introducing that thanks to Kellen. And I've been waking up a lot smoother. Use a uh, breathe through the diaphragm. That'll help your balance. Okay. I'm and, do that. And, and think just good contact with your entire foot and the floor mm-hmm. okay. like try not to like lay on either side like the outside of your foot like try to stay fully connected with the floor yeah which is also tougher when you're barefoot too yes because you don't but have the surface can, area but you can feel everything better true true like you feel like your foot is true your hands are true you know shoes they mess us up mm-hmm like they, they ruin how we feel with the floor. Okay. And okay. The ground. That makes sense. Yeah. You don't, so, yeah. You're not as closely connected with it. Yeah. yeah. But to your point, even if some kids like, oh man, I, like I got a single level house my ceilings aren't high, but I play ball, you know, maybe it's like four degrees outside, even the fingertip drill back and forth Yep. for quick hands. Mm-hmm. You can do that on one leg. Yep. You can do, do just small tosses. Yep. So, or, or, you know, tennis ball or, or bouncing some type of ball. Like at the gym, I've been doing the same type of thing, except with a medicine ball. Like Mm. I'll stand on one of those BOSU balls with one leg and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, any athlete, like a racquetball. I used to dribble a Mm -hmm. racquetball Mm -hmm. a lot because it's so small and it's hard to like kind of keep control and track of. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like the, the morning balance. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's not like it's like physically demanding or anything. It's but you have to concentrate. And it wakes you so up so mentally. Yeah, like you're using your brain more than you ever will. I mean, reading is good, but like this is and do that, but th- this introduced a whole different type of like mental stimulation, I think. Yeah. So, if I were to try to read first thing in the morning, it might put me back to sleep. 
Yeah, yeah. It, like that's I gotta do my push ups and sit ups. That wakes me up. Then I'm warm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Try to do this exercise and here. read at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> really double down. <laughs> How good are you? <laughs> so what do you got for L? That's, that's nice. Nice new healthy habit, too. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Try it out. Yeah. Um, so I, I was reading about difficult conversations and how to make them easier. So I go, ooh, this okay. is everyone all the time. And a lot of people avoid <clears throat> the hard conversations. So it talked about uh, a counterintuitive trick, according to some psychology research, to making a difficult conversation easier. doesn't make it easy just easier. But having a hard talk with someone is one, yes, of course it's hard, but it also doesn't mean you have to talk a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's what this article was getting at is doing more listening than talking in hard conversations. And they were emphasizing you need to listen, reflect, observe what's going on, understand why that person is saying the things they're saying. There's some truth and merit behind it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be saying it. They're not just making up bullshit. So it's okay. What did I maybe do or say that made them perceive it in such a negative fashion? Or maybe you're just being a dick. I don't know. <laughs> but one thing that I really liked, it said, don't do too much explaining. Because then it comes across as like this form of you're fighting back or mm -hmm. justifying. The more you explain, the more you justify. And then you kind of just undo all the progress that you will have made. Mm -hmm. So say you, you listen, you're just, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like I did say those things. I didn't mean to say them that way or, or I did that. I didn't mean for it to come off in this fashion, whatever it may be. But the more you justify it, like, well, I did that because, or I said it because it's going to end up turning back around mm -hmm. and it's just not going to be as productive. So it just said, stay calm. Don't do too much explaining. Uh, listen. Make sure you understand what they're saying so you can respond accordingly. Or just keep listening. Mm -hmm. But like that will keep you calm. If they're just going off the handle, like getting fired up, super heated, let them. Because if you just do the exact opposite, the entire conversation, and if you want to think of it even in a shallow term, you have that leg up like you didn't blow up on them. Mm -hmm. They blew up on you. Then you can just ask questions. Just ask questions. Don't make bold statements of, well, no, you said this and that means this. No. Because mm -hmm. um, if you're the one initiating the conversation in the first place, so it's always better to talk with someone rather than talk at them. Yeah. And like this, this makes the other person feel like even though like you're bringing up a difficult conversation, like you still value what they have to say. Like it's not like you're just unloading stuff onto them. Like you're, you're it's more collaborative mm -hmm. and they feel like more empowered i guess because they they can talk more absolutely they can get their word heard and the it, it made a good point and I've, I've tried this before where when the conversation gets heated it speeds up like it it physically is a faster speaking conversation so and not that you have to say oh let's slow this down but the article talks about slowing it down. So when it is your time to talk, slow down. Mm -hmm. So it's like, no, you were doing this. And like, are you kidding me with this? Like, blah, blah. And then when you finally talk, just talk slower. Hey, I'm with you. I'm hearing you. Slow it down. And then they'll reciprocate or they won't. 
more times than not, they might. But that is is just showing that you're you're listening, you're hearing them, and it finishes off with letting them have the last word. Mm-hmm. Let them have the last word. Um, and not that you should always back down from things, but when you're just trying to work through a difficult conversation, that's going to help. Mm-hmm. Because especially if it's someone that they're not going to let you have the last word, what's the desired outcome? Is it a competition here or you're trying to work through some hard stuff? Mm-hmm. So letting them kind of have that um, is good in terms of if you did everything right throughout the whole conversation. You were asking questions, you listened, you, you slowed it down, you stayed cool, and maybe they came down and met you at that level too. Mm-hmm. If, if you end with your two cents and then go on your way, they feel like they lost. Yeah. And that's part of being mindful about like you yourself defining what your goal of the conversation is. Right. Which is, hey, I want to communicate this to you, but I also want to get your opinion on it. Yeah. But like it is, this is, and being clear and upfront about that with them too. Like, hey, this is what it is, but I just, I wanted to make sure I talked through this with you and get your opinion on it too. And, and to your point, especially if you initiated this, you should be the calm one anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you brought this up. Like do you bring it up to get in a fight or do you bring it up to try to fix it? Mm-hmm. So it's uh yeah, very quick read. Um, this was from Inc. And yeah, maybe eight, 10 minute read tops, but just super, super in your face, obvious and important to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of felt like I was reading Don't Sweat the Small Stuff again, where it's just like, <laughs> hmm, that's really everyday life for everyone. Yeah. And it's sometimes harder to do, but sometimes not. Of just like being the one that doesn't get heated. It's almost satisfying realizing that, hey, I'm not flying off the handle. I'm I'm staying pretty cool about this. Like this mm-hmm. is that's growth. Yeah. Maturity. Yeah. Gotta gotta wind it down. That's why you go to yoga, kids. It makes you one and with yourself. <laughs> Got the yoga master over here now. You're, you're coming with me on Thursday. I am. I'll be there. Thursday, eight p.m. Let's LA Fitness. I'll report back. Maybe uh, maybe I'll see the Mortal Kombat guy. Round two. <laughs> Punching the bags again. Hey, you want to lead the class today, man? <laughs> Uh, you've yeah. got you've got such a commanding voice. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go over to the heavy bags here. Uh, <laughs> different type of yoga. It's the violent kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I liked that article. Uh, it was just super valuable. I thought and pretty captivating. Mm-hmm. So, but going off that book talk, I wanted to bring up some old notes from How to Win Friends and Influence People. Okay, bet because yes, I'm reading a different book currently, but I was like, man. Let me look through my How to Win Friends notes with communication, conversation, and especially harder conversation because there's good stuff in that one. And it had a section, you can't win an argument. And so we're talking about having the hard conversation, letting someone else have the last word. And in you can't win an argument, that section was talking about not trying to prove someone wrong. Mm. Like, are they going to thank you for that? <laughs> is that going to make you or, or, or them better? Is that going to make them like you more? Are they going to oh, you know what? Thank you for showing me how wrong I was, Tim. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm glad you put me in my place. Thank yeah. you very much. 
no, like they're going to be at odds with you because of it. And it, it mentioned that you want to try to avoid arguments at all costs. So we talked about difficult conversations, but not turning it into an argument. Because mm-hmm. arguments are lose-lose. Either they win and you lose, and if you lose, then you lose. Yeah. You know, you, you lost. And it shouldn't be a, a win-lose when having a hard conversation. It should come out like, okay, it kind of sucked for everyone, but we got through it, and we're both better on mm-hmm. the other side. Arguments, someone's pride is going to get hurt because someone won and someone lost. Yeah, and, and that's not that's not the desired outcome. What's the goal? Like back back to what your point. What what's the goal of the conversation? Um, and so is it to argue and get in a new war, and then you have more like hard stuff to talk through and and work through, or just Leave it at what's already difficult and work through that mm-hmm. the right way. Um, but it, it ended with you need to uh, obtain your opponent's goodwill. And not that, you know, a friend or, or a significant other that you're having the hard conversation with is an opponent. But you need to obtain their goodwill within the hard mm-hmm. conversations. Mm-hmm. You're still on the same side even if you're kind of at odds with each other right now. Yeah. Still on the same side. Mm-hmm co-worker, whatever it may be, get the goodwill. But I, I liked this with um, talking about hard, hard conversations because those can quickly turn into arguments mm-hmm. and just a brand new heated battle. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of couple those two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, try not to prove people wrong all the time. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've read this book six times. So okay. I... Uh, so I I remember very close to this se- section, it also said, because it's an important thing to like pick the right arguments too. Like, yes. Don't pick an argument that you're not educated on. Because it says when you're going into an argument, when you're trying to, when you're educating someone on something, Dale Carnegie says you should say this. I may be wrong. I frequently am. But here are the facts. Because like that, that, take, that takes the, because... If you bring opinion into it, that's when you're trying to prove someone wrong. But like if you go in with the mindset, hey, I'm trying to bring new insight to the table that you may not know, and I'm entering this conversation because I believe you could do the same thing for me. So I think it, it kind of reciprocates. Like, hey, bring information and like proven facts that you get that you think you will both agree upon. Because you yeah. can you can even though you may not like end up having the same opinion on something there are things that you can agree upon within the scope of the conversation. So focus on saying like those things, like I may be wrong. I frequently am, but here are the facts. And I think that kind of puts them on their feet. Like, Hey, like you're not acting like, you know, everything you're being at least vulnerable and saying you're not right all the time. Then they'll be more inclined to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. And they'll be less combative. I, I like think. that a lot. So I remember, cause I, I remember I may be that wrong. Part. I frequently am, but here are the facts. Yeah. He, cause he says Ooh. that he says like, that's what you should say when you, when you are going into, when you're trying to prove a point. Yeah. So, oh, thank you for bringing that, that book up. Thanks I for love dropping it. the mic there, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thanks for getting better myself. Yeah. Thanks for giving me the last word. And <laughs> next subject. <laughs> yeah. So hey, yeah, did you see what I did there? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually toggling between a few books right now. Toggling. I'm, yeah, I'm reading Seller Be Sold by Grant Cardone. That's a good verb. I'm reading The Automatic Millionaire, Home Makeover. Uh, but I'm also reading 
uh, a book called Soul Food, or hmm. Soul Soul Fuel. Sorry, not Soul, Soul Fuel. Food. Okay, Soul, Soul Fuel, uh, by someone named Bear Grylls. Soul Fuel. Do you know what? Who, do you know who Bear Grylls is? Yeah, master survivalist. Yeah, yeah, British former. Oh, and I, I didn't know I was gonna cross the creek, rapid, raging streams <laughs> and currents. I didn't know we were gonna make that. We barely did, and now we're making our way to the Hilo landing zone. That was good. I have no idea who Bear Grylls is. I swear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. This guy. This guy's. Uh, he's got quite the resume. Survival instructor, honorary lieutenant colonel, adventurer, writer, television presenter. I'll say because he, much he, does he was it, a military man. Pretty much does everything, yeah. yeah. So he wrote a book called Soul Fuel. He's uh, a hard dude, man. Dude yeah. is tough. <laughs> yeah, my sister got me this book for my birthday. Uh, and he talk, and it's one of those books where you can you don't need to read start to finish. You can just pick a chapter that looks interesting. So I actually fast-forwarded to a chapter about uh, taking risks and like the concept of fear. Ooh. And he makes a good point about uh, like obviously all of us – as people, we're trying to be successful in this game of life, whatever it is. And he says, life is full of risk. Like, it's just a fact of life. Yeah. Um, so if we never train ourselves to deal with risks, we become woefully ill-prepared to deal with life. Which I thought made sense. Because, like, that goes to the fact, like, if you don't put yourself in positions to deal with risk, like, how are you going to advance yourself? And how are you going to reach your goals that you want to reach and, and win at life. Yeah. Um, and he says our experience is really just a sum of our near misses. So Ooh. like, fa- like, fa- like your, your, your failure and, and those opportunities you missed out on John Antioca with, with Netflix, like that's experience. Like that's how we learn. Cause like you said, like missing out on something like what he missed out on, that's going to better equip him to take an even better risk next time mm-hmm. and pay off. So, yeah. I just thought that that was a good thing, good thing to say by Bear Grylls and something that I can incorporate into some of the stuff that I, I want to go do and, and being able to wait on the right opportunity and being able to go through uncertain times and taking risks. So yeah, it's cool. Well, that's like, it kind of reminds me when you talk about like there's, there's fear and risk. Will Smith says everything good is on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. Like, Danger is real. And he says, fear is, we make up fear. Danger is something real. Um, and, and Bear Grylls, he does dangerous things. Mm-hmm. But everything is risky. He's climbed Mount Everest like twice, I think. Something yeah, like no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, just warm it up. Yeah, he's probably almost died like three or four times. I think he mentioned. Oh, minimum. Yeah. Uh, but everything's risky. Mm-hmm. Driving your car is risky. You yep. do that every single day. Don't even think twice about it. That's our perception of it. Exactly. So that's the same thing with any and all other risk. Starting a podcast at first, you know, kind of a little unsure, not sure what to do. Now we look forward to recording and mm-hmm. opening up about XYZ or the hard shit or goofing around, talking about fun things, reaching out to people that we never thought we'd talk to in our lives. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's exciting to do. I find myself just enjoying it more and more. Like, can I reach out to this person? Yeah. Can I talk to so-and-so? Like, let's see. Let's see. Now, now it's enjoyment of playing the game and the process. Mm-hmm. But with the risk, now those risks for us are normal risks. Yeah. Our risk meter on reaching out to someone with... I know we don't focus on on the number of followers, but for the sake of the conversation, reaching out to someone with 
hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, man, it ain't no thing. Yeah. Either we talk to them or we don't. Mm -hmm. So we have normalized that risk to where it's not really a risk for us anymore. There's no fear with that because on the other side of that, we know there's really good, healthy conversation. Mm -hmm. Same thing with his risk, his survivalist stuff. He's done it so many times now. It's still risky every time and there's real danger, but it's a different level of risk. Like it's not going off the charts as opposed to maybe the first time he climbed Everest. Mm -hmm. Second time he knew the risks, probably a little more comfortable with it. Yeah. But same thing if someone, someone wants to start a business, super risky, you screw it up once or twice, then starting a new business is, hey, I'm going to start a business. Yeah. So it's the same thing. So I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought up uh, just we all have the risk. Yeah. It's normalizing it if it's something that you need to do to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and b- missing out on small opportunities or like small failures, like that's part of the process. Like that's going to happen and that's mm-hmm. what's going to make you stronger. So 100%. That, should, that, should rest, that should make you want to go do it as well. So Love it. Anything else on today's, Tim? I'm good for today, man. Perfect. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We always love when you come and hang with us. Hope you're having an awesome Tuesday. Hey, if you had a good time on the show today, head over to iTunes, uh, leave us a five-star rating and review, and then DM us on Instagram letting us know you did so. Hard to identify everyone just by Apple ID, so give us your name and all that good stuff, as well as a good mailing address, and we'll send a free laptop sticker out to you ASAP. Uh, As always, we appreciate your time, your ear, and we'll talk to you on Thursday.